Hey there, Sam. Hey, Nathan. Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, Happy New Year to you. What day is it? I think, I think we're on the tail end of where that becomes an acceptable thing to say. Uh, it's the 16th of January, yeah? 16th of January. Well, it is a new year. So, Happy it New is. Year. It's, it's been over a month since we recorded, I think. It has been. Um, I feel like we needed a, a... It was a much needed kind of buffer between episodes we got like just tons of potential here we have so many topics we could jump so into. many things Lots happen. i mean we could we can talk about almost anything you want to talk about the weather first yeah uh <clears throat> no <laughs> uh, i'm i'm currently in uh, sunny california i'm in frozen baltimore yeah actually um i brought miserable weather with me i can't seem to escape rain even when I'm in California. I'm in L.A. right now, and it is literally raining every day that I'm here. 100% chance. Every single day. Oh, I'm sure people in L.A. are happy about that. Constant drizzle. Yeah, they probably need the water. I don't know. But it's really frustrating because I have a couple shoots, and, you know, it's going to be raining the whole time. So what do you do? Uh, I think you just got to make, make rain-flavored lemonade. However, if you, look at, if you look at our little FaceTime window, do you see anything weird about me? Uh, no, I see the same kind of weird-looking face, uh, but there's something obscuring your eyes. What yeah. are you... What's on your face? I bought these new sunglasses because I was going to be in sunny L.A., and I was like, I'm going to need some, some shades. They're, they are Bose Bluetooth sunglasses with built-in speakers that shoot audio down from the frame into your ear without actually having to have anything in your ear. Oh, I was going to guess bone conduction. No, no, it's it's just like little speakers that shoot out. Um, it's and just, it's incredibly weird. It's Bose magic? Yeah, I mean, the sound quality is really great. And it's crazy because you have no obstruction to your ear. So you just have, like, this layer of audio. And it also has a built-in mic. That's what I'm talking to you with right now through FaceTime. Oh, and uh, sounds good. Yeah, it's got a built-in mic and they're sunglasses. So uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but I tend to shoot receptions with uh, little music earbuds playing. Yeah. Here's ears. my plan. I'm sending these in to get clear, non-prescription uh, lenses put in, okay. and I want to try and shoot a whole wedding wearing these Bose glasses <laughs> while I shoot listening to music the whole day. Oh, and, that sounds uh, awesome. see how it goes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, th- the problem is obviously just getting clear lenses put in, and like I guess you can do that kind of anywhere. It just takes a while. Can other people hear your audio? Great question. It was the first thing I tested. And only if they're like, if their ear is as close as like maybe your shoulder is to you, will they start to pick up on it. Okay. And, um, and if, and that's only if it's like a really loud volume, if it's at more of a reasonable background music volume, they're not going to hear it unless they are wearing them themselves, which I was incredibly impressed with. That sounds awesome. They're two hundred bucks, like, which is a lot, but for Bose stuff and for something no, it's not that's bad. this technologically sort of cutting edge, which I, I seriously consider them, um, they're great. They're just called Bose frames. Uh, yeah, I, and I can't honestly, I can't believe that they don't offer a pair of clear lens frames. Oh, it's they're only, only sunglasses. Offers, 
only sunglasses from Bose right now, and they offer two different styles, this rectangular style that I have and then a more circular style. That is so strange. Yeah, yeah, but I am freaking out excited because I've always wanted to be able to listen to music discreetly while shooting all the time and to be able to talk to people and not have them be, like, too noise isolating. So I may have just discovered the perfect... Daytime shooting, and then couple those with the ear in earbuds for reception shooting. And dude, you could be set. Done. I mean, I mean, I could be set. <laughs> we could all be set. We could There's all be I set. Be the only one doing it. So, we'll I'll see. Need, I, I don't know I'll what goes into. Uh, have you ever had? Have you ever had? Um, I mean, I guess you could put prescription lenses in. But I was going to ask: Have you ever had like a random brand of frames, and then? Like, I don't know what the process, if there's like a standardized size for lenses or if they have to cut them. No, to they shape. usually have to cut it to shape. Um, and they generally say that they take no responsibility for destroying your glasses in the process. Yeah, so. that's, but as far as glasses frames go, 200 bucks is pretty par. Yeah, for the it's course, not bad. I feel like. I mean, it's a lot for sunglasses, but for like glasses that you wear to see out of, that's like an average pair of sunglasses is like what one twenty to two hundred bucks from yeah. Warby. Yeah, from Warby, it's like a hundred hundred bucks, uh, hundred twenty. And my sun or my regular glasses were, I think, like two fifty from C. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the not only bad. catch is if you look if you look at the side, it gets thicker uh, as yeah. it gets closer to your ear. But that's not bad. I don't. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, now, anyway, where is the no. technology? Is it in those? Um, is it in the it's the sides the, of it, it's or is just it in, in the arms? It's just in the side arms. Nothing in the actual like lens frame. Also, I wonder if you could it's sort of retrofit those to some other pair of glasses. Yeah, or you could probably take off the arms and just mm-hmm. send in the uh, rectangular frame section if you're worried about them getting damaged. Because mm. I know they have to heat up frames in order to like expand them to pop yeah. the lenses in and out. So mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to try it. I'm going to take the plunge for the sake of photography. And uh, Sounds awesome to me. Yeah, and if this works, uh, you're you oh, going to pick up a I'm going to have to if that works out. It, it sounds really neat. It's, bit, it's freaking cool. Yeah. And I wore I'm, them all day yesterday at the airport until I got on the plane and I didn't want to be too creepy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was just, it was great because you could hear the environment around you and the, the sound quality is surprisingly good, but it's, it's definitely like, like you're not getting pretty, like super low bass tones, are you? Yeah. I mean, you're getting bass. It accounts for it, but you're not getting, you know, what you would with a good seal or an over ear headphone. I mean, there's just, that's just physics. So, right. Um, anyway, if anybody out there is listening and interested, uh, they just started shipping this year. They're called Bose Frames. So just go to Bose and check them out. Cool. Uh, let's um, see. So why are you in L.A. right now, Sam? Oh, uh, I am doing a session tomorrow and then a session on Friday. Uh, I'm the most focused and um, disciplined about getting work done when I'm traveling. So uh, put together a couple of shoots while I was out here. It just happened to work out well. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So I'm just here to get work done, essentially. Cool. That's great. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have a wedding till end of March. So it's yeah, you me, know, a couple of workshops uh, here and there. And same. It. I think my next one's the uh, 23rd or something in March. Yeah, I can't remember if we already talked about this gap in our schedules on the podcast, but yeah. I'm I'm really kind of I'm enjoying this lesson I need in it. embracing gaps. Yeah, exactly. I think me too. I need it. 
I, I I've been realizing, anything. you know, especially December, it was weird. I didn't have anything on the books at all in December, um, or sorry, in November for December. And all of a sudden, December 1st, I just got hit with like, I think like 10 or 12 photo jobs and a couple of big video jobs, which is weird that we can also talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and all of a sudden I had no December. It was gone. The, the, I was working nonstop from pretty much like the first of December all the way through the 23rd. Um, and then my wife's family kind of tends to do Christmas really big. So doing Christmas for like a week and, uh, all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. it's, it's January and I'm like, Whoa, I don't have any shoots. I'm chilling. Like I've got a couple of shoots at the end. Yeah. I just got a couple of little event shoots here and there, but no weddings at all. Uh, not even any engagement sessions until, yeah, until like basically February, March. And uh, that's, it's, it's that's been great. really yeah, but- cool to kind of like, whoa, let's take a few minutes to, you know, work on some back end stuff. Think about how I want to restructure my business this year, that kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's weird though. Like as a full-time self-employed at this, like it's really tough, um, to maybe not freak out when you're not getting like crazy numbers of bookings. And it's, and it's really tough to ever want to say no to something when an opportunity does come up. But it's, it's strange because you'll get these bursts of like, well, I thought I wasn't going to be free and now I'm just slammed. And if you say yes to everything leading up to that month, like I don't know. It's weird to like strike the balance between like not overworking yourself and giving you space to, um, kind of reset. Um, I think honestly, at the end of the day, it really comes down to having a flexible enough budget or, or savings buffer to where you can say no, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to have gaps that don't get filled up with last minute bookings, like you don't have to freak out about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just kind of jumped into like a budget slash financial aspect of being a photographer because somebody was just messaging me about this, um, freaking out about going from full time with a salary job to being a photographer and like what the most important things are. And I was just like, you just, you have to save so much money to not um, be constantly feeling like you're overworking yourself. Right. Would you agree with that? Um, I would have agreed with you two years ago. I mean, I do agree with you. Um, but me and Abby use a budgeting app called You Need a Budget. YNAB is the acronym. YNAB. Uh-huh. Yes, I tried and YNAB. failed to use it because it's it's got a lot of overhead when setting up. <laughs> It's it, it took us like three months to get it up and running, yeah. Um, and it it really all, it, it kind of, ha- anyway, the point is we budget out everything for a, about three months in advance. And we, before we moved to Baltimore, we actually sort of budged out everything that was going to be, that I had coming in mm-hmm. um, and like calculated every single um, bit of income that I was having and my anticipated you know, sort of like bigger expenses along with all my normal stuff, um, that, you know, all the sort of like day to day stuff. And we basically found a way to float along with Abby's income and my income through January without any new work coming in. So, you know, once December rolled in and I got tons of more work, it just kind of compounded to the point where we're totally set. And, um, yeah. 
that's so if you if you have the wherewithal and the partner that will help you kind of figure out budgeting that can be incredibly helpful yeah yeah um, that, that was basically what i was saying i was trying i mean yeah. budgeting and, and just having a, a giant savings buffer if at all possible uh really really takes the pressure off i mean you can say yeah. that about anything in life i guess obviously if you have money saved up you're not as stressed but uh right but especially I, critical. if i had known if i had known all this crap when i was like thir- 20 four yeah. i guess it was when we started working yeah. uh started shooting weddings that would have been really really nice you to know, know part of me wonders if like <laughs> the way the school system is set up or even mm-hmm. university and colleges is, is almost like set up to not have you want to be you know operate your own business or be self-employed like there's literally no reason i can think of at all why they shouldn't teach these courses like regularly at different stages throughout your uh you know learning like maybe from middle school on you should have a regular recursive course in personal finance like generally just money and they could it could be it could literally be like okay you're like most of you are getting like an allowance between like one dollar and twenty dollars a week like here's how here's what you do with it I think That's I, it. I wonder if maybe it's like it maybe it encroaches too much on people's like you know that's on the the Maybe. parents and the family to um, to dictate, but it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes sense to me that it would it would be a perfect math class of like personal finance, simple. Even if it's in college and it has to be an elective or something, like they should be teaching this stuff. They should teach personal I finance for self-employed do, people. And we I, just they don't. don't know. No, no, no. They definitely don't. At least not in our school. Not when we were there because I looked into it because uh, I needed like mm-hmm. a weird elective, and I was like, well, that'd be kind of nice. And there was nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like a college life class or something like that. <laughs> yeah. How to save your beer pong money. But, you know, um, whenever I'm in a place like L.A., like, you know, I just I just picked up my Uber order. And uh, and I was just thinking, like, man, I wonder if this Uber driver sees anybody famous, like, regularly. Because I'm sure, like, really famous people oh, still order. Yeah. And I'm up here. I have this tiny little Airbnb. It's a really cool cabin. And it's literally perched at the top of, like, the Hollywood Hills. And, of course, I'm, like, zillowing around just seeing, like, the value of the properties. And it's mm-hmm. absolutely crazy insane. Every single house it's astronomical. Like $1.5 million. And you're talking yeah. at least... Seven thousand, eight thousand dollars a month to to live in a in a house that's oh, yeah. not even big, you know. You're just yeah. talking like three bedroom, um, and it's just I, 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 I it, it, don't understand how you can do it. I don't, I don't get it at all. I mean, I you'd guess have to be a millionaire. Yeah, and and the weird thing is, I don't understand why businesses here also don't charge a lot more for their product because you know they're if they're paying twenty grand a month to lease out a commercial space but they're charging basically the same amount as they would any other place you know if it's a chain or you know something like that i mean obviously chains even, even they charge a little bit more in really expensive cities but not that much more and i'm just fascinated to see how the numbers work on, on stuff like that i wish there was some sort well of insight the cla- uh, the classic example that i can think of is in san francisco where it's arguably the highest like um you know priced like living rate in the country there are plenty of stories of homeless people that are it's not that they're homeless they're actually 
teachers and they don't they cannot afford a place to live they go to they go to school and they teach and they go back to like basically a hut um because they cannot afford somewhere to live and um and it's weird you get i mean people got to be paid a living wage if you're going to be living in an a unbelievably expensive area. I just heard and, California's. Uh, I don't know. If uh, Uber is the same way. Or yeah, California is proposing legislation to do um, to do a minimum living wage. It'll be interesting to see if it passes or if what happens from that. It would be awesome to see that. Yeah, um, I keep reading like cities, especially on the West Coast, even in Canada, are just getting the real estate, especially, is getting bought up by foreign investors as. Sure. Literally, just a way to have their kid live in a place while they're in college, or to invest in just property, and it's just driving prices up to this like crisis level of yeah, where you find teachers living on the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy. But. It's it's really it is really crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I know that part of the reason that I'm living in Baltimore and not D.C. is because I just can't afford to live in D.C. And I know that you've looked into that as well. Yeah. And here's the thing. This is one of the reasons why I I, I convinced, like, Baltimore is my favorite East Coast city. It just Mm -hmm. is by far the most affordable for what you get in terms of your location to everything else. You find awesome food. You're totally close enough to D.C. when and if you need to go in there. BWI Airport gets you direct flight anywhere in the country for nothing on Southwest. Yep. Literally just quoted a client for a destination wedding. A destination wedding in the Midwest. $90 each way round trip. So less than $200 to fly in and out. Direct flight from BWI. And, uh, yeah, I mean, compared to every other East Coast city, Baltimore is just, like, such a good deal. For now, I think that may change because it is sort of the last holdout. <laughs> um, well, I've me and Abby have been talking about this too because since we just moved here three months ago, we are still kind of figuring it out, kind of like checking out the town. And apparently, the population of Baltimore is actually going down. Yeah, it has been for a while. Yeah, it has been for a while. Yeah. Um, I looked into um, that but, as well, as I think probably most people do when they first move to a city. The actual, mm-hmm. Yeah, the actual city of Baltimore has been a uh, declining population. However, the average earning uh, person coming into the city, uh, even though the overall population is decreasing, the average earner has gone up a ton, which a lot of people that are speculating sense. means poorer people are getting pushed out and more wealthy people are coming in. <laughs> It's funny. I was actually going out to um, the guitar store yesterday, um, which um, also need to talk to you about because I found some really nice guitar places. Nice. Um, but it's kind of funny. I, <laughs> I kind of feel like, especially in downtown during the day, walking around, you kind of look into all these windows of businesses and they all seem to be doing pretty much fine, but basically every single person on the street is homeless um there's not <laughs> which neighborhood was this uh, this is like charles village uh, yeah. um it's just kind of right i guess it's sort of near my house which is not the best area but it's also not the worst area um and it's just kind of funny to i was like walking around i was like man uh i don't think there's anybody out here that isn't actually homeless 
Um, and it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. It made me think about doing like a photo series on homeless people, but I don't know if I'm going to do. Uh, that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I need to I take a the same thing when I lived in DC because DC also has a crazy amount of homeless people, and uh, mm-hmm. it's like, huh? Wonder, but I, th- I feel like that actually has become, um, yeah, like a bad photo uh, narrative. Like people. Yeah, like I mean, unless you paid your subjects, which might be reasonable, of but, course. And which you interviewed I would, them, and like, I'd, yeah, you'd really have to dig deep and make it more of a personal connection than like, a, right? And then at that point, you might as well make a documentary. And I don't really feel like doing many, that. many documentaries have been made in Baltimore. Actually, Ness and I met uh, Oscar, or wait, wait, not Oscar. It would be, yeah, maybe Academy, yeah, Academy Award winning um, in of all places, Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, an Academy Award-winning document videographer, documentary videographer, uh, documentarian, did, yeah, documentarian, whatever, uh, who did two different documentaries on the heroin uh, issue in Baltimore, and he won, and they're Netflix documentaries that he sold to Netflix and won an Academy Award for one of them. One's called nice. the, uh, I want to say it's called Heroin Boys. Ooh, wait, let me check. Mm-hmm. When Netflix documentary. Anyway, I haven't watched him yet, but it was really weird to be in Charleston, West Virginia, where Nessa grew up, and like, oh, this is just where it happened. This guy lives, who's a you know now world famous videographer. Heroin with an E. That's awesome. That's the uh, name of it. Came out last okay. year. Okay. Yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of Netflix, actually, um, I did want to talk about one movie in particular that me and Abby just watched, which was Roma. Have you seen Roma? Uh, I keep hearing about it. I saw it was on uh, President Obama's top 100 movie list for the year. It is absolutely amazing. I would like to point out, Um, it's amazing that Obama has watched 100 (coughs) movies this year. Um, (laughs) Good for him. He's he's just continues to be the man. Um, So... Yeah, Roma is just like a story of a Mexican town um, and this uh, and, and this like I guess housekeeper that works there named Cleo, and sort of her is her story and the story of like the family that she she housekeeps for, and it's uh, weird. It's entirely in black and white. It's um, Alfonso Cuarón who did Gravity and Children of Men. Children of Men being one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, but it's cool because it was it was released on Netflix. Netflix funded it and all that. Um, but it also was released as a limited release in theaters, so that it could be a contender for the Oscar, which it will surely win for foreign language film. Um, yeah, I've heard nothing. So amazing stuff. Interesting. It, it, it's something to definitely see, and I want to see it again too because there's lots of crazy sort of hidden symbolism in there as well. That's great. Um, also, Is it in also Spanish. It's entirely it's entirely in Spanish. Um, also, it's worth seeing in theaters because um, Guillermo del Toro. I was reading a, a review that he did of the film, and he said it has one of the best surround mixes of any movie he's ever seen. Uh, and I would definitely tend to agree. Or you can come to my living room. And That's true. You could do that too. <laughs> my pit, Get that seven point one. Little, no, no, five point one. Five point. Sorry, five. I'm point, not going to mount side speakers or the Atmos like overhead speakers and all that craziness. Um, that's or great, you can guys. come to my place and get dominated by two channels of brutal 
1970s era stereo sound. You have a nice setup there. I, I like what you've done. Yeah, that's with the pretty place. nice. Um, I'm getting pretty hungry, so we should cut this short. But I uh, just want to, okay, give me, now, I think we left with the Canon EOS R, the last podcast. You had just mm. sort of acquired it. I don't think you'd actually shot a wedding with it yet. Why don't you give no. me, like, your you know, bullet point, bold headline kind of feel of it after now, what, two months with the camera? Because I think we've already established my opinion. Yeah. Um, it is a... Really great camera. I love it. I love that I switched to it, and I'm I can't wait to shoot more with it. Do you have a, a way to articulate any mental change in how you formulate your picture taking, having an EVF now, like, you know, a consistent experience between the back of the screen and what your viewfinder shows you? Well, that is kind of the trick, isn't it? It's that it, it's weird going back, because there was a couple of shoots that I... I had to use my D5 for, um, and it was so strange. Because looking at the live view was fine. Why? Why did you say that you had to use it? Was there were you just not confident enough to to not have it with you, or did you? Was there a shortcut? Uh, it was. It was because of off camera lighting. I don't uh, have a full okay. off camera light setup yet, and uh, I needed to do a a big last minute portrait session and I had to bring the D D five. Um, so it was awesome to kind of, you know, it was, it was normal to see the live view of the D five, but then going into <laughs> the just regular old standard old, uh, DSLR viewfinder, it was just very jarring and strange. It felt kind of naked. It, I mean, it was fine. I didn't really have a problem with it, but with the, with the EOS R, it's just so cool to be able to see in every shot exactly how I don't know. It's just having the the viewfinder, electronic viewfinder is awesome. The only shortcoming um, that I have, which is kind of a big shortcoming, is and this is something we could also maybe get into at a later time. But the EOSR has this weird aperture issue where, and it's it's built into the camera, but it doesn't necessarily show you the actual aperture that you're shooting at, um, which for a portrait oriented photographer like me and like you can be really annoying to not really see what your the actual sharpness or the actual bokeh of the shot that you're composing is actually going to be until you take the shot. It's weird and it's not an EOSR thing. It's a it's a Canon thing because the same limitation exists on their DSLRs with live view. And it's very bizarre. You can customize an aperture preview button and use yep. that to see it. And I've done that, but it's totally still weird. extremely cumbersome to use. Yeah. Uh, um, I've gotten so used to like, that's just, an annoying I, part. I think it's mostly in really bright light that it like auto stops down because I find in reasonable, you know, not too dark, not too bright settings, I don't either I just don't notice it or I'm able to ignore it to the point where it doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or change things too much in a distracting way, but it is right. weird. I, I keep forgetting to it is put, it, put it to a really critical, like scientific test, and see exactly what's going on there. It should be like yeah. Nikon has; it just shows you exactly what the final image is going to be. Yeah, it, it seems like an arbitrary shortcoming. It has a strange but. thing when you turn the camera off. It says every single time it says, "Do not leave in direct sunlight because it can cause damage." To the sensor and right and i wonder if there's just something in the mechanics uh of canon 
design that yeah, Canon there's a higher risk of uh, if it's just always letting a certain amount of light in or whatever, it, maybe it can damage the sensor faster than they are comfortable with, and that's why. I don't know if they're related at all, but I just find that a very strange think, warning. Uh, that they Do you think they could be related to the fact that Canon lenses default wide open aperture and Nikon default all the way closed aperture? Could be, but I'm 90% sure, I'll check right now, that uh, USR mount lenses default closed. Hmm. Let me see. It, it has been really... I will tell you, though, and I don't have the super nice 51.2 um, that you have, the, the one that actually goes with the USR, but shooting with that thing at the wedding that we shot together... Um, month or so ago yeah oh dude that lens it's it's cool it's not it doesn't have like the greatest character but oh man the sharpness oh, no is it does so it good. does have character I, I was wondering about that too but um mm-hmm. it, it it does have a you really like interesting beautiful bokeh to it uh anyway cool. so it's strange i looked at both of them i've got two rf mountain lenses with me actually i have three that 51.2 rf the new one mm-hmm. defaults mm-hmm. with the aperture closed Got a hmm. 35 1.8. It defaults with the aperture. It appears to be open or like in a middle state. Okay. And then the zoom lens, the 28 to 70 f2, also appears to be open or in like a middle state. So it could very well be, yeah, the fact that the lenses, are, when the camera's off or when they're detached, the lenses are open and they're afraid it's going to potentially damage the sensor or maybe the shutter curtain because i think this is the only mirrorless camera as well that has a, a curtain that's closed when the camera's off like when you turn the camera off the, the shutter right. curtain is down and every other mirrorless camera i've ever seen the sensor is exposed and huh. so maybe the, the is. curtain is at risk at catching fire or burning through or something i don't know yeah maybe it'd be really fascinating to learn about i i like it closed logically it just seems like you're going to get less dust yeah. on the sensor but um if it solved that weird aperture preview issue you outlined i'd prefer they just leave the curtain up because i can deal with right. cleaning a sensor i don't like having little barriers to uh consider every time i'm trying to get creative but right and i i wonder and i hope that the pro version of the usr whenever that comes out uh, has this issue I'm, is does not include this issue yeah. but either way i'm, I'm gonna be first in line to try and get one of those suckers i can't wait absolutely <laughs> yeah it's i'm telling you that it has really been a joy to shoot with the eosr it's cool it's really cool it feels great battery life is very good not excellent but very good Yep, and, I'm, I'm I mean, totally to, comfortable for fully charged batteries, not yep. having any risk of freaking out. Uh, yep. That's across like full 14-hour Indian wedding days. Yeah. Now, I also um, shot a bunch of video with it, okay. and it, it the battery performed really well with, with uh, video as well. So I was really impressed with that as well because I was shooting some long videos. Um, okay, that's a good place to wrap it up because my Bose frames just yep. alerted. <laughs> we'll have fun in LA. All right, peace.